Welcome back to the old personal podcast where we turn the good old saying nothing personal, just business upside down and prove how, in fact, it's all personal. Nothing is just business. Because it's how we use our personal skills every day that makes us happy, both at home or at work. And here we go to prove that learning is not an event, but a habit. And today we have a special episode. Because it's the first time this podcast has had an award-winning author as a guest. Who is it, you're going to ask? Well, none other than my fellow Romanian-born, Canadian-settled, Gabriela Cascinano. Her professional path started in the technical field, engineering, IT, quality assurance. And it was followed by an MBA. You'd say, we're pretty clear about the career path she's chosen. Well, guess again. She had a slight career change to coaching. After which, the burnout she experienced a few years ago came as a strong wake-up call, revealing a new path to explore an author journey. What she enjoys the most is tapping into her broad background to combine concepts and techniques from different fields with a touch of creative spark. Whether she's coaching one-on-one or a team, leading an association, unfolding her entrepreneurial path, writing self-coaching books or letting her creativity thrive through artistic expressions, she believes there's always a way when there's a will. Are you ready to take on this journey with us today? Well, hop on and let's get going. Gabriela, welcome to the All Personal Podcast. Thanks for having me here, Oksana. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest. You know, it's the first time I've talked to an award-winning author. (laughs) So uh, that's one big thing for this particular podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, because, okay, I know you're an award-winning author. You are a coach. And I know you also studied in engineering and in IT. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a little bit of more background on, on this? Because it's not the usual combination that you would be thinking about. Yeah, and I didn't know that I would get into all these things uh, either. Exactly. <laughs> what I know from an early age is that I was someone very intuitive and creative and curious and uh, I have a mom who uh, taught me how to be uh, logical. So mm-hmm. it makes sense when you're a logical person to go into a technical fields. So I chose engineering, electronics, and telecommunications. And for 18 years, I was in that field, and I didn't realize why I don't feel uh, satisfied 
in that field. And I tried different things while, while I was working in uh, the biggest telecom company in Romania, uh, go into different departments, different positions, just to see if something <laughs> resonates yeah. with me. Uh, I, I even went and uh, got an ABA from a French university, and uh, that uh, became worse because I realized from the position I was having at the time, I couldn't make the changes that I would see uh, could benefit the, the company because when it get an MBA, you learn so many things about how all this department works together. Yeah. So I got even more frustrated. <laughs> so I came to Canada with the idea that I want to change my career. I had no clue in which direction should I go. Uh-huh. Uh, would you like me to go in more deep, uh, talking about how I figured out that coaching is the directions that I want? Yeah, you can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's interesting how you got to this conclusion that you wanted to do it, and especially coaching, and especially then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very interesting story. I want to add uh, to the story that I just uh, talked about, about engineering. I was a good engineer. Uh, actually, every time when I was quitting a department to move in another department, I had managers saying, oh, we don't want you to quit. You're a very good uh, engineer. So it's not that I was not good at what I was doing, but something inside didn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel at home or whatever you want to associate that feeling with. Mm-hmm. So I came to Canada in the first three uh, weeks. I uh, went through a job search workshop. Mm-hmm. And the, interesting enough, the guy who was facilitating the workshops was a coach. And it was the first time when I I came in Canada in 2003. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time when I heard about coaching. Right. And uh, at one point, he gave us a list um, with uh, questions, uh, what would you like? Uh, what are the skills that you would like to use in the career of your dreams? So I checked whatever I considered th- that I would love to to use in that car- type of career. And then the second question was even more interesting: was how many of these skills did you use up to now? And when I looked at the two lists, they were totally different, totally, totally different. So. Exactly. I had a huge aha just in that <laughs> yeah. moment when I looked at my list. Because to me, it was an answer to why I couldn't find before what I want. I was looking at on what the economy needs, what are the positions available, what other people would recommend. Uh, that's how I got into the MBA, thinking that maybe that will help me figure out what I really want. But with that exercise, I realized that actually you have to start inside. Look at what you really want and then build your path along that uh, direction, toward the direction. So that's how I uh, realized uh, that I need to change into this. So I started creating a list of things that I would like to, love to have in the career of my dreams. Okay. And uh, three years after, uh, I gave myself time to transition to Canadian life. And three years after, when I signed my contract for a condo, for the mortgage, I'm like, okay, it's time to look at my list. So I looked at my list with all those skills and ideas, even the idea of I don't like to work nine to five. Uh, I want to see the daylight, uh, big windows, all these kind of things, not just professional uh, skills. So I look at the list from up to down and down to up and several times. And the only word that came to my mind was coaching. I'm like, what is coaching? <laughs> because I oh, didn't okay. check 
all this time to figure out. So I went back to that guy and asked, what is coaching? What training did you do? And curiously, interesting enough, in the first two weeks in Canada, I met another coach. And she told me that she switched from statistician to coaching. No way. So, so what were the Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, I've got signals from the beginning that something is there. So uh, interesting enough, both went through the same uh, training. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a training coaching institute from the United States. Even if we are in Canada, both went through the same uh, type of coaching, which is very experiential, hands-on. So I started taking those courses, and you could say the rest is history. I got hooked. So I didn't look back. I just switched to coaching and moved forward. That is an amazing story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And of course, I get a lot of satisfaction from this direction because it's something that I really love. Yeah, of course. But I think to have this kind of, I don't know, this kind of switch from something that was so, um, I don't know, scientific, so engineering, and to go into coaching and to do it, what did it take? What do you think? I mean, okay, it took an aha moment. It took a good question to take you to that aha moment. But then from an actual um, aha moment to the actual action, what did it take for you to really become a coach? When did you become a coach? Right after I figured out uh, what the training is about and I sign up. (laughs) Uh, But if you think back when I started that, at the younger age, I knew that I'm someone very intuitive and creative and uh, curious. The coaching, when I started the coaching training, I realized that, oh, this is where I can be myself. So it was something before that. Yeah, being intuitive is very useful in coaching. In coaching, Being curious, asking questions. Coaching is about asking questions to help yeah. the client find the answers. So mm-hmm. it really matches matched my uh, personality. So it was no, uh, I didn't have any reserve into going on a totally different path. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like coming home, not right. <laughs> changing direction to someone, something very strange, very difficult, whatever. Actually, it, came, uh, it became very easy for me to, to start coaching. So you basically went back to your, um, let's call them strengths, let's call them strong skills, these skills, yeah. muscles that you already had. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and Of course, I, I learned new tools, mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. methods, but everything was like uh, having the guns, that, <laughs> the gloves that uh, are exactly your size. Yeah. So yeah. it's the right fit that uh, I found. Okay, so from there, where you started to, so you became a coach, and then that meant, I presume, you also wanted to build a business on it, right? Yep. I loved when they told us the second day of training, they said, you have this homework to do, you have to coach someone. And the third day of training, they said, now you can start your own coaching business. I'm like, yay! (laughs) <laughs> yes, let's do it. Yep. 
So, uh, yes, I started my coaching business. Uh, for a good uh, period of time, I was doing uh, it part-time and I was working mm-hmm. full-time and it was uh, quite stressful. But at one point, I switched from uh, the engineering positions that mm-hmm. I had to a position where I was applying the coaching skills in the full-time job. And I was uh, building my business in parallel as a part-time uh, business. So in everything I, I did after switching from engineering to coaching, even if I took on uh, full-time uh, positions or part-time positions, I was looking for, play, uh, for something where I can use my coaching skills. Yeah. How was it going from being a full-time engineer and a part-time coach? Was it difficult to build the business to get this entrepreneurial skill set? that you obviously needed to grow your business to bring it to full-time? Actually, it's uh, still part of my personality. I'm someone very independent. Uh-huh. Uh, going uh, through that MBA taught me a, a lot about uh, financing and uh, accounting and marketing. So I felt that I had the skills to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the coaching skills. The di- most difficult part was that I'm an introvert. And as an introvert, I don't go out and network with people in real life. Yeah. So that was the most difficult part, promoting myself. I was becoming a good coach with all the practice that I was getting. But uh, the business didn't grow so fast as I wanted to because I didn't go out and promote it. Mm-hmm. As an introvert, it, you have to find a different approach. And it took me so, some time to find that approach that works for me instead of forcing myself into something that is not natural. Mm-hmm. And is that what uh, brought you to writing the book about introverts? Do you want another story? Yes, I always want stories. <laughs> in 2015, I was getting tired of working in a full-time job in an employment center, helping people find jobs. I actually applying coaching to employment uh, counseling because mm-hmm. it's a different approach in coaching than the traditional employment counseling. So I was doing it and I was doing workshops every day. And for an introvert, it's a lot. It takes a lot of energy. So I was getting tired, exhausted. And in 2016, I, uh, I got into a burnout. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk for four months. Uh, I started getting anxiety, a panic attacks. So my body really kind of went into, I take control because you don't take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what usually happens. Yes. Exactly. So um, I was uh, dealing with that burnout. Uh, I couldn't go to work because I was barely walking, just find my balance at each step. I couldn't talk. So I'm like, one day I asked my question, uh, what can I do the rest of my life if I can't talk anymore? Hmm. And in the next second, the thought came with the answer. It was, Write an introvert guide, uh, an introvert uh, guide for job search. <laughs> and even now I get goosebumps. goosebumps. And that thought, just the thought itself, came with so much energy. I'm like, I have to follow this path. I never wrote a book. I don't care if English is my second language or third language because mm-hmm. I speak French fluently as well. I have to write this book. By that time, I had. Uh, 10, 11 years experience in helping others find jobs and uh, advancing their careers. Plus, I wanted to help introverts because I'm an introvert and I know that 
we have to approach the job search and career in a different way than the extroverts. So when that idea came out, I'm like, why I didn't think about this before? Why just right now? So I started uh, writing the book. It took uh, 10 months, writing seven, eight hours a day. But also uh, at the end of uh, writing the book and publishing it, I was out of the burnout. I didn't have any anxiety, uh, panic attacks. I was able to speak. I was able to walk. So it kind of helped me to recover as well. Yeah. It was my ticket to recovery. Mm -hmm. It was a good communication, a good communication tool for an introvert, right? Uh, Yeah, that's what I figured out. Mm -hmm. And if you talk about that, I, uh, at one point I thought about my childhood in high school, in school, in elementary school and secondary school. I was not so good uh, at uh, languages. Uh, when they were asking us to write essays, um, I was like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember one specific mo- moment. Uh, usually we were going to school in the afternoon and I was doing all the homework in the evening. So the, I have a whole morning to write an essay. I was so yeah. scared of doing it. And one moment I just started writing uh, and everything went very smoothly I was writing from the beginning to the end no I didn't stop at all I didn't change anything and I went to at school and the, the teacher was like Gabriela can you read your essay <laughs> and I stood up and I, I read it and it was the first time when I got an A oh it was the biggest mark that I got. And before, every time when I was writing an essay, I was stopping at every sentence, correcting, ad- adjusting, adding something. That went so smoothly from A to Z. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. What's happening here? So I remember that moment only when I start writing the book. And I realized, actually, I have these writing skills, but uh, something happened in my childhood that kind of blocked me. And the burnout just opened mm-hmm. me up to, to writing. And I start writing and I have 10 books right now on Amazon. Yeah. If you count uh, the number of books, uh, the content, uh, it's not 10 books because the two of them, my photo coaching books, uh, are uh, in English, French and Romania. So this make, would make uh, six books. Right. Plus, uh, I have three books on job search for introverts, another one on job fairs, another one on... The key factor is understanding the employer perspective on hiring mm-hmm. because many impl- uh, candidates, many job seekers think just from their perspective and that's why they don't find jobs. So yeah. I wanted to help them understand the other perspective. And the 10 uh, book, it's a workbook for the photo coaching uh, book number one because people, when they start reflecting on uh, the questions that I ask there, they need a place to to capture the answer. So I created a workbook. So these are my 10 books. And uh, I have another one uh, in the working. <laughs> and uh-huh. actually, I'm interviewing introverts for that book. Each chapter will have an interview with uh, another introvert. Yeah. Yes. I, how they overcome the challenges using their own introvert strengths. Yeah, I know. You made me curious. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. Um, okay. So you were talking, let's get back. It's a very, again, it's a very interesting story and it's not your usual uh, combination for uh, coach, writer, um, engineer, and so on. So mm-hmm. you said that basically when you started coaching, 
um, you tapped into your into those skills that were innate mm-hmm. somehow with you, and that you you found you you found them again, mm-hmm. uh, and you started to use them. And so the same it was with with the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were let's call them your your strengths they were they were there you just rediscovered them and you loved mm-hmm. using them um i can imagine that in in this particular journey of yours uh there is there have been maybe some bumps in the road or um moments when you had to use some skills that you maybe either didn't know you have or didn't like using too much was this the case? Oh, yeah, I discovered many things. Actually, I consider life as a self-discovery journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, I started in engineering, then I discovered that uh, that's not something that I want to pursue for the whole rest of my life. And I discovered something else that I like. And uh, by applying coaching to myself, I became more creative and I reconnected uh, with my intuition and uh, then it unfolded in artistic expressions. Mm-hmm. I uh, start uh, creating jewelry and uh, painting, and I already uh, liked uh, nature photography, so I was doing it for many years. But I've created photo, photo coaching uh, books that combine visual with coaching questions to help people uh, grab the intangible concepts from coaching to understand the how they can look at their life from different perspectives and reflect on their life to find their own answers. So I discovered a lot of things along the way. Uh, one of the things, uh, the skills, because you're talking about mm-hmm. skills, uh, let's talk about networking. I'm not someone who loves networking, going out to networking events or even to events and talk with strangers. Mm-hmm. It's not part of uh, what an introvert love to do. But actually, uh, I love uh, social media. Uh-huh. And I discovered that I love social media because of the business. I said, look, I'm not going out. At least let me be present on social media. So I started with Facebook and then I uh, continued on adding LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. I became addicted to Twitter and then I stopped <laughs> because it was, ta- <laughs> it was taking too much time. And then I got into Instagram. So I, right now I'm more active on uh, LinkedIn, um, Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram. And what I discovered in time that it really helped me open up because as an introvert, I tend to stay in my own world and I'm totally comfortable there. But if you want to build a business, people don't know about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they don't know about you, they don't know what kind of services you provide, if you are good or not. So I start sharing on social media uh, more about what I'm doing, uh, testimonials from clients, uh, different uh, things that I consider interesting. And I notice that it's not a bad thing when you start talking about yourself when you open up so it helped me kind of build that confidence to go out even into the real world and even more into social media uh, and it really helped me become more open and mm-hmm. when people see me I, I i've done a lot of workshops in the past and uh, when i talk about the things i, I love uh, people say oh you're not an introvert look how you're talking to us you're so animated and i'm like yeah but don't ask me how much time i need to recover yeah, exactly. <laughs> to how much energy that takes my... from me <laughs> exactly <laughs> and another thing is don't give me a topic that i don't like because yeah. <laughs> you won't see me this way because i'll mute so myself <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I, so um, it's that thing about introverts when uh, you talk about meaningful things, uh, what you consider meaningful, you get that inner energy projecting projected out, and you get that energy that you helps you to become more animating and people can see that energy and they get attracted to mm -hmm. you. So I attribute to social media the fact that I'm more open right now and I'm able to do that. Mm -hmm. So that was a good uh, platform to, to practice and to practice in a way that was suitable for you. Mm -hmm. Because that's a very interesting uh, discussion and I always like the discussion about introverts and extroverts and um, how people reach the conclusion that they are an, extro an extrovert or an introvert or an ambivert. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes people confuse introversion with shyness which is which is not the case because it's two different things and uh, introverts can be as you said powerful speakers and workshop facilitators trainers uh, as long as the topic is interesting for them and they're passionate about it yeah and they take care of themselves after yes exactly because yeah but because they talk about topics that they're passionate about it takes a whole lot of energy because mm -hmm. they put the their whole passion into that into that talk or into that mm -hmm. workshop or so yeah the recovery period is way longer and there is something else besides the fact that you love the topic and uh, you get energized by talking uh, with people in that workshop or the presentations that you're doing Uh, introverts are very good at uh, reading the emotional field uh, who is in the room uh, how they are uh, what they are doing uh, if it's landing with them what you're saying uh, adjusting the presentation or the workshop to what is there and that thing takes a lot of energy as well kind of containing the whole workshop with participants uh, making like a container where everything happens and it uh, mm -hmm. goes mostly And it takes a lot of energy besides uh, talking itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's actually, I wanted to ask you, um, does this book or do you have any feedback on your book mm -hmm. on introverts from anyone who is an extrovert? Yes. <laughs> Because... <laughs> Actually, the book is uh, very useful to both extroverts and introverts. introverts. Yeah, I, I thought so now that you were talking about it. So that's why I wanted to ask. And uh, even to recruiters and HR managers, I've got very great feedback, even from employment counselors and job search workshop facilitators. So uh, the book itself, it's um, capturing my experience in applying coaching to employment counselor, uh, counseling and The fact that I work with more than 1,200 people, helping them find jobs. So I had a lot of interesting stories there that kind of um, show that the strategies that I share in the book are working. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was working, in, uh, helping uh, those uh, people, professionals, find jobs and advancing their careers, I didn't work on, only with introverts. 
So everything I put in that book, it's uh, valuable for extroverts and in introverts, but the introverts get something more. I don't know if you're familiar with the book Quiet by Susan yeah, Kettle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So when I started thinking about writing the book, I did kind of a survey to see what kind of books are there. And I start reading the book um, Quiet. Mm-hmm. And what I realized that she was talking about all those characteristics of the introverts. And I'm like, why I don't consider them as our strengths? And in my book, in each chapter, because the book goes uh, into presenting the whole job search process, like a chain, and you can see where it's uh, you have kind of uh, weakened uh, links between the chain uh, parts, and you can work on those based on what I'm uh, sharing in that book, and it has a lot of exercises. So what I did, I took all those strengths that I found in the Susan's book, mm-hmm. kind of 170 strengths, and I spread them uh, through the book. I said, look, in this uh, chapter, we talk about this. This is how you can use your strengths as an introvert to apply this. So that's why uh, I, I called, uh, I titled the book uh, Introverts, Leverage Your Strengths for an Effective Job Search, because I want introverts to read it. There is a lot of information, useful information, uh, first of all, to understand themselves better, mm-hmm. to understand their strengths, and how they can apply that, those strengths to the job search. Yeah. But the strategies that I put in that book can be useful, uh, very useful to extroverts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so, and that's why I, I I wanted to to know your opinion. By the way, is this um because you wrote it for the Canadian market for people on the Canadian um, labor market? No, I didn't have in mind only the Canadian market. I have in mind uh, the struggles uh, faced by those who came to that employment center or came to me directly to help them. And they were coming from all over the world. It's not just Canadian, uh, Torontonian, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were they were looking for jobs here. So that's why. That's why I'm saying, I keep saying that I'm applying coaching to employment counseling because my approach was not uh, go uh, send your resume. was what is stopping you to create the right resume targeted to this position? What is blocking you to prepare well for an interview? Let's do a mock interview to see what are the things that you have to work on. Maybe it's the confidence level. Maybe there are some beliefs that you're not aware of that are blocking you. So I was actually coaching people. That's why and coaching is universal. It's not just in Canadian. It's not just for Canadian market. Yeah, it's about helping people understand themselves better, understand what are their inner barriers and how barriers and how they can overcome them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying that it's not only for the Canadian market. It has a lot of example examples from the Canadian market, from Torontonian market, if you want right. to say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I uh, most of the experience I've got in the, that field, it's here in Toronto, in Canada. But the coaching approach make it useful uh, all over the world. This book became a bestseller in seven countries when I just uh, published it. It's a self-published book in UK, in uh, US, in Canada. In Canada was the first uh, best-selling uh, bestseller banner on Canada oh. Day. Oh, wow. <laughs> in France, <laughs> in India, yeah, in uh, I don't even remember all of them. 
uh, then uh, it became it uh, won this award so the award uh, it's a readers five favorite uh, 2018 international uh, book award it's mm-hmm. the bronze medal so it's an award from a an organization in states so you can say that it's a book only for Canadians yeah. because it won an, an international award. They receive mm-hmm. um, applications from authors from all over the world, not just uh, US and Canada. So I try to make it universal, uh, kind of globally <laughs> yeah. uh, useful, not just uh, Canadian. I guess uh, introversion, extroversion are quite universal, right? They are, but the interesting fact is when I start looking more into extroversion and introversion, if you look at the world map, there are countries where introverts are more appreciated, especially in the eastern world yes. and northern uh, part of the world. And in the western world, they appreciate more extroversion. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to put both extrovert and introvert, uh, how they can use those strategies. So it do- I don't talk just to one part of the world or the other, or just part of the population. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Another. Yeah, I think you know what I was. Uh, I was thinking at some point that everybody, and especially with um, um, Susan Cain's book, um, and then some TED talks around introverts and the power of introverts. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking as an extrovert, you must be feeling pretty much left out because nobody was (laughs) talking about them too much. Um, so (laughs) it's good to know (laughs) that, uh, but then I was thinking, Hey, they can take a lot uh, of information by reading about introverts as well, because, um, there are some, some strengths there that, um, extroverts may may want to develop even further themselves so why not yeah and uh, I love what you're saying because I have uh, one of the testimonials it's from an HR manager and she said that uh, usually uh, she's from states she said that uh, usually the recruiters HR managers are more willing to hire extroverts because they open up so easily so you have like an open book in front of you so you know what to expect so if you like what it is at least in the interview yeah you're more willing to accept that person for a certain position than an introvert that you cannot read what's going in, on inside so you cannot predict how that person will behave mm-hmm. so from a uh, recruitment perspective it's interesting to hear that because if you don't uh, show, uh, not tell, oh, I'm good at this and that, but as an introvert, if you don't show at least three examples that you have those skills required, that you have those qualities that the employer is looking for, you're just expecting to, to get a position because you know that you will be good after, mm-hmm. but they won't hire you, they won't give you the chance because they have no clue that you really have those skills. Yeah. So... Uh, there are things that you you have to consider when you are an introvert. And then you said that um, extroverts feel like they are 
outside. <laughs> Actually, they do a great job because they already talk about themselves. Yeah, no, that's true. So they, they, they are very good at marketing themselves, so they don't need as much. If they use the strategies from their, their book, they will be much more successful than they are right now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And they, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's, uh, it's also good for them to to tap into the uh, the introvert world because um, and I think it's anyway if we tap into each other's world then we get to understand um, how we function better and then we can work together better exactly you can communicate better you can collaborate better so uh, I felt that in, in extroverts do a very good job to show how they are so you get to know them and if I focus on introversion and uh, introverts and how introverts are, even extroverts can understand them better. So it will be less friction when they have to work together. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It will be a better uh, communication, better understanding uh, on each other's strengths. Yeah. Because actually they are like yin and yang. Mm -hmm. They complement each other. So the workplace will benefit if they give the chance to both of them to use their skills and experience and encourage both of them, not just one side. There is an example from a, another book. When uh, a teacher was hired, the, it was a pos teaching position and an introvert and an extrovert show up uh, at the interview mm -hmm. and the, the interviewer was an extrovert, so he preferred the extrovert. But after a while, he realized that, oh, he's not the right person. Because the extroverts, they are so good at talking that you might think that they are good at performing the job. Yeah. And these are could be two different sets of skills. Mm -hmm. How you present yourself, how you uh, conduct your job search might be a different set of skills that you're using in your actual job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're good at the job search skills, you might get the job. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But you might not perform well after you might or you might not yeah for an introvert they are good at doing the job <laughs> of using the skills required for the job but they have to learn how they can present themselves in a way during the job search that the company the recruiters hr managers understand their own uh, their values yeah. so they open up the door for them yeah and you know what um Hearing you talk about this, um, I can't think of, um, I heard this example, um, this quote, that um, it's not about what you know, it's about mm -hmm. who knows what you know. Mm -hmm. So I guess this would apply to introverts in letting other people know what they know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they have a barrier from the introverts I was talking to. Their barrier is they think they have to sell themselves like extroverts do. And they know they don't like selling. So there is a conflict inside their mind. Oh, I have to sell myself, but I'm not good at selling. So I, I'm not good at uh, presenting myself. Right. So they have to uh, work on that inner game and that inner conflict in order to go out and be able to present themselves the way they can to provide a better image, to 
of who you uh, who they really are. So uh, I have uh, a few chapters that work on that uh, talk about that part in my book. I have a chapter about mindset with exercises. Mm-hmm. So you understand what are your barriers, then you understand what are your inner barriers and how you can overcome them. And there, there are. Uh, there are a few other chapters when I talk about this kind of things, an interview, a chapter about the interview and how you can prepare yourself before the interview. So you go there with less stress. So you're more natural, first of all. You're more open to what's coming up there. You already have some stories that you prepared earlier, real stories <laughs> that put you in the right light in front of the employer. So how you can take advantage of your skills to prepare yourself enough so you show up well in the interview. And that is not selling. It's just helping someone understand what you have. Maybe taking that idea uh, and getting rid of that idea that you're you're selling because you're you're not selling. Exactly. You're, you're you're presenting. Yeah, exactly. Kind of rephrasing it into something else. Yeah, exactly. That works and for I you. think for um, for somebody who says, "Oh, I don't like selling." Okay, so what do you like? Because then we go into what you like and how you like to present things or talk about things. And then we can use um, that set of skills for, for this situation. Or I put them in a, the bigger context, in the bigger picture. I said, look, uh, you know a lot about yourself. The employer doesn't know anything about you besides a piece of paper with some words on it. Mm-hmm. How much that resume or application correspond to who re- you really are? Yeah. In percentage, and I used to ask this question in uh, the workshops that I did. And usually people say, oh, 50%, 70 80%. I'm like, it's much less than that. It's just a piece of paper with some words. It says nothing about your personality. It says nothing about how you will perform in, uh, in uh, the team, in the work, in a real work environment. So it's your role to help the other the person to understand who you are and what you can bring to the table yeah. is not your role to sell yourself because you don't know how the other candidates are. You don't know what are the real requirements besides the job description. Mm-hmm. So all you can do, it helps the, the other uh, part, yeah. the recruiter, understand a little bit better who you are and what you can do. Can you do that? What can you do about that? How we can work on that? And as I was saying, you can prepare some examples of real work experience when you overcame challenges, when you uh, work uh, and you had uh, great achievements, great results, what helped you to get there. So you will just talk about these things. It's not that you're selling yourself. You're talking about some situations. It's not that look how good I am. It's... Just this is a situation, this is what I did, this is a result. Yeah. Which is just telling the facts. And we're good at telling facts. Yeah. We're not good at saying, oh, I'm good, I'm the best, I'm because we are perfectionists and usually we think, oh, I'm so far from where I am. (laughs) I want to be. I want to be, yes, exactly. (laughs) But it's, uh, and I, I think, you know, listening to, I think it's all about the stories that we tell, really. And it's not, um, it's about the stories that we tell about ourselves pretty much everywhere we go. I mean, 
uh, it can be an interview, it can be a networking event, it can be a party that you go to, it can be, I don't know, a high school reunion, whatever it is, it's the story that you tell. It's also the story that you tell to yourself. Exactly. That's where it starts. I, I've met someone recently and uh, he, keep, he keeps telling me, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. And he, every time when we meet, I'm, it's one of my mentees. And every time we, we meet, he mentions this several times. I'm like, stop saying that. Because every time when you're saying that to yourself, you just reinforce it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a path that you keep walking on it. It becomes so um, fixed in that direction that you cannot go out of it at, uh, at one point. So if you keep saying, I'm not good at selling, if you keep focusing on what you're not good at, you don't have time and energy to think and come up with something about what you are good at. So it's about shifting your attention from what you're not good to what you can do, what you did that was good or you know come up with ideas of how to get good at that if you want to one of the things that i love to do is turn the things around for example i was in one of the job interviews at the beginning of my canadian career and uh, it was that question about uh, okay but you don't have canadian experience in your field in it was a position. <laughs> it's, it's the question. <laughs> the question. By the time I had the Canadian experience, I worked for two months in a, a customer service position in, a financial, in the financial industry, which really uh-huh. puzzled me how they can hire an engineer in the financial industry, customer <laughs> service. <laughs> no, that's another story. Yeah, that's, another, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, that's another interesting story. Yeah. So... Um, I had some Canadian experience, but not in the engineering field. So how I handled that, I was like, no, I, I, I'm applying for this position because I want to get back into my field. And I, I took that job, kind of a survival job, because I need to pay the bills. And they're like, yeah, but we look at your resume and you have uh, great experience, uh, great education. We cannot afford you because this is just a beginner position. I'm like, that's totally okay because from this position, I can learn how the, the organization functions. I can learn better on the job. What are the requirements? And I can progress faster. And in three years, I went from 54 to 64K, 10,000 mm-hmm. increase in salary and from beginner to intermediate that I was about to go to the next level when I left because I changed my career. Yeah. So um, it's not about you have it or you don't have it. It's about how confident you are when you uh, give an answer. And I also said, look, I'm someone very adaptable. Actually, I went to, from Romania into in, in France for an internship, and I was uh, getting uh, great uh, grants, grades in the evaluation. And one of them was I'm very adaptable. So would this work for you? Do you think someone who is adaptable? can adapt to your organization? They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> that was a leading question. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something else. At one point, 
because my English was not uh, so good at the beginning. Even now, it's not perfect, and I'm aware of it. But I'm still functioning. I so, love your um, accent. Why? No, it's it's perfect. Why? I like it. I like all okay. of it. I think it's part of the charm of uh, everybody. The, the slight accent. Yeah. But uh, so I was in that interview interview for an engineering position. It was in quality assurance, and at one point. Uh, the person from HR, she was someone who was talking very, very fast. Mm -hmm. So at one point she asked me a question so fast that I couldn't understand. I'm like, could you please rephrase the question? <laughs> and she's like, blah, 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 and she stopped. And she, I didn't get the questions the second time either. What I did, I realized that the question ended like, uh, and I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out to be the right answer. <laughs> So what I want to say, introverts are very good to tap into their intuition. My yeah, intuition yeah. told me that the answer was yes. It was a close question, yes or no. So my answer was good. Yeah. And I've got a position. <laughs> so just <laughs> the idea is to not get uh, so uh, down if something doesn't go well. You just move to the next one, to the next things that you want so uh, yeah I love to tell these stories as you can see you know I guess that is a result of you being a writer being a writer came years after so uh, that interview was in 2003 and I became a writer in 2006 I mm -hmm. started writing no, 2016. Mm -hmm. So 13 years after I start writing. That's uh, that's another thing because I think we, um, and I was talking to somebody the other day about um, overnight success and how how people these days seem to rush into success and fame and wealth and all of that kind of stuff. And just because they hear, oh, but she, she's, she's just an overnight success. And the amount of work and preparation and practice mm -hmm. and years spending doing something um, are, not, are just not visible. And I think an overnight success means a lot of years of hard work and um, keep doing what you really want to do. Yeah, and I have a good example for that. Uh, this book, uh, it took me 10 months to write it seven, eight hours a day. So it was very intense if I was focusing only on writing that book. So you were not somewhere on a beach enjoying yourself and writing from time to time? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> no, I couldn't even walk at the time. I couldn't even talk. So <laughs> I just needed to be somewhere I can sit and <laughs> do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I, that book came out and became a bestseller in so many countries. And uh, someone said, oh, that's fantastic. You you have a book and it became a bestseller. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I feel that the, the life prepared me to write that book. It took me kind of 10, 11 years of applying coaching to employment counseling yes. and to, to workshops, uh, many, many workshops on the, those topics together the information that I put in the book, it took me 10 months just to write the book. But the content, it took 10 years to develop. Mm -hmm. So it's that kind of an overnight success. Yes. And 
actually it took me even more because someone a few people told me that it's very well structured the book and i'm like yeah because i'm an engineer <laughs> i have that analytical logical <laughs> side that i put in the book when i wrote the book i structured the book first and then i start populating each chapter with content yes and to give it like a a journey take the reader on a journey from a to z with different stops to see what you need at each phase if you need more uh, information or more strategies or to change some of your beliefs. So it was a work of many, many years talking about overnight success. I would say it was a, almost a lifetime work if you think about it. And mm -hmm. you pretty much answered, I had this question on, on the tip of my tongue. If you think your engineering background had anything to do with the success of this book, but you answered it anyway <laughs> before I even asked it. Yeah, but there is another thing that helped this book uh, get best-selling uh, status because I didn't hire anyone to promote the book. I did it all by myself. Uh, for example, LinkedIn helped a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, how I approached the book um, promotion and even before I uh, published the book, the book promotion and even after, I approached it as a product. I have a product to get it out. I approach it more from a business perspective. What do I do if I have a product to get out in a certain amount of time. I will start designing it. I will start building momentum so people get curious about the product. I will start, um, every day I was posting on Instagram something mm -hmm. that what I was doing about the, the writing process. So they get curious because an engineer coach starts writing, have no idea what <laughs> it will come <laughs> out. But at least they got curious about the story behind writing. Yeah. So they follow my journey until the book was out. And when it was out, I turned out, uh, I turned to LinkedIn and I start just sending messages to the connections I have. And I have many connections on LinkedIn and posting mm -hmm. in groups and uh, everywhere, asking people, would you like to help this book help more, more people who are uh, looking for jobs? Not helping me, not helping the book become a, a bestseller, but let's partner together for a greater cause. And that helps this book reach out that status. Mm -hmm. I've got someone from uh, United States, from San Diego. I don't know how and when we've got connected on LinkedIn, but she got my message. She's like, oh, I really love the idea of your book. I just got it and I love it. Would you like me to create an audio book for you? Because she's good at uh, recording the audio mm -hmm. for books. And she's a recruiter with 10,000 uh, email lists. She's like, I can put it in my uh, newsletter. Right. I can put it in my signature. I'm like, I couldn't ask for a better promotion from an extrovert who <laughs> <laughs> just showed up. And that's how I promoted that book. Even I'm an introvert. I use all these concepts from engineering, from my MBA, from my business experience. And... Uh, Everything came together and helped that book uh, became a bestseller. Yeah. So it's, uh, in this case, it was engineering applied in marketing as well and in advertising. And it was pretty much tapping into all of your skills that you could use to, to promote it and to help you make yeah. it visible to as many people as possible who needed it. Yeah. And I even did the research uh, While I was thinking about the title of the book, I put in a LinkedIn group of social media marketing group. I put uh, a post there for discussion. What do you think about these uh, four or five titles? 
And I've got over 1,000 answers. <laughs> and it was very interesting. Some said, oh, don't use introverts in the title because it's, it has such a bad connotation. People don't want to associate with... Uh, if they are introverts, they don't want other people to know they're introverts. <laughs> uh, someone said, look, uh, I'm interested in your book. Let me know when it's ready because my daughter is uh, in the university. She's an introvert and uh, she might want to read this book. Yeah. I've got different people interested in the book. I've got ideas of uh, book titles. At the end, I I figured out the title myself, but it helped me kind of open my, uh, broaden my perspective about the title and how people perceive it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did a lot uh, based on my experience so far to, to help this book uh, became what it became. Yeah. And it was a bestseller several times since, so it's not just uh, one shot. Uh, it's still right now, in, uh, I guess in, it's in top 10 in its category in Amazon, even after a, a year. Uh-huh. So And it won the awards, so it's still uh, going strong. I think it still will be. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, so. <laughs> because I wanted to help more people. And I think it does, and I think that's the uh, that's the key, and I think um as as no matter if we're introverts and, and extroverts everybody wants to be um heard and listened to and understood and feel like they're part of this um larger group of people not just by themselves so i guess you know finding a way that works for you and accomplishes that for you is important for everybody as a human being yeah, and actually I have a chapter in the, this book. It's called Attitude, Attitudes for Effective Communication. Mm-hmm. Very useful for people who want to improve their communication to understand how um, to understand the other, how to approach difficult uh, situations and what they can do about them. It's kind of splitting the situation in different parts and which part you, you feel that you need to work on more or mm-hmm. less to have a better communication, collaboration with others. So actually, the book itself has a lot of coaching concepts and techniques that can be applied in other areas of your life. It's not just for job search. Yeah, it's for for you as a person. Exactly. You can apply what it is in that book in your relationships. You can apply in your relationship with money. It's about... Personal growth, that's a lot of personal growth yeah. uh, you get just by going through that book. I think, you know, once you tap into the power of your your skills, you can use them in any context. It's just awareness that needs to happen. Yeah, actually, the book starts in the first chapters with The Wheel of Life, which mm-hmm. talks about the different aspects aspects of your life and how they are interconnected and you have to work on all of them if yeah. you want to have a good life. And then uh, uh, I've created a wheel of job search that it's kind of the same concept, but I give you different elements about the job search that you have to focus on. It's just, not just resume. Actually, mm-hmm. the resume, I guess, it's the least part that you have to work on. Of yeah. course, you need a good resume targeted to the position, but there are so many other aspects you have to focus on if you want to be more successful in the job search and, and career. So I give you like a holistic approach to, to the job search. Exactly. And to your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we just don't have enough time. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry to say that, but we need to end this conversation. But before we do, I really want to 
ask you for one thought of wisdom that you want to share with our audience today. It can be anything. I share something that I shared this morning with someone else. The challenges are there to help you grow. Mm -hmm. Because you want to, to expand. You, have, you want to become a better person. You want to have a better life. And you're not there yet because you don't have all the skills that you need to get there. So you get these challenges to help you develop those skills. But if you bump into challenges and you say, oh, that's difficult, I cannot do it, it's not for me, you miss occasions to help you build those skills to move forward. So mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, life is a self-discovery journey. Would you like to enjoy it? <laughs> that is such a good question to end this with. And it's such... Um a coaching question to end this discussion with. Um, so thank you. Thank you very much for being here today, for sharing all, all your, your thoughts. And it's, it's been an, an inspirational talk for me at least. And um, I will see you around for sure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Roxana. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I appreciate you all tuning in to the All Personal Podcast again. How do you feel right now? Feel your power? Your energy? Do you hear your thoughts more clearly? Are you thinking of changing careers? Oh, well, maybe not. Or maybe, who knows? The point is... For me, this conversation reinforced the idea that, yes, our skills and talents are there inside each and every one of us. And they do find their way to the surface one way or another. And then they take us places. And all that happens when we listen to ourselves when we learn to see ourselves and work with who we are rather than who others think we should be. And, as Gabriella said, life is a self-discovery journey. Would you like to enjoy it? I'd say, hey, don't mind if I do. So, I'll just go now and make my life discovery how else but all personal. Wishing you the same, by the way. Until next time. <laughs>